The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. Event.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant America, 865-200-5503 is our telephone number. We hope you're having a great, great, and fantastic morning. I'm Jason Swain, Ben McKee, Golf Hall 247. Alongside, we are ready, Ben. Now that practice for scrimmage number two, it's over. It's smooth selling from here, man, to game number one. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I hope you are well. It's been a much smoother morning over here in the McKee household. Not over here. So thankful. What was that? Not over here. <laughs> we, 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 we swap places, huh? Oh, we, we swap places for sure. <laughs> Well, it, it ended up being my car battery that died. So uh, Tuesday afternoon was was fun uh, unscrewing the battery out of my trunk. And gosh, darn it. Do they put those things in there? Good. And uh, and, and, and the charger battery is just ginormous. So having to lug that thing over to the <laughs> to the car shop and get a new battery, come back and make sure it's all tucked in. The, that was not fun with the, the heat uh, beating down on me, but things are a lot smoother this morning over here as we sit 16 days away from it being football time in Tennessee, a.k.a. Peyton Manning days, a.k.a. Jason Allen days away from it being football time in Tennessee. So it, it, it's on the up and up. I, I hope your uh, your day gets better. Peyton. Hey, wore 16 here. Yeah, we're Jay, 16 days away. And Jay Allen wore 18 here. That's right. I was thinking Jay Allen wore 16. My yeah. bad. Yeah. Uh, Rashad Baker wore 16. The uh, the the safety from Camden, New Jersey. He was senior when I was a freshman. Um, he wore 16. Pump returner, safety force, was a really, really good player, played in the league. Um, remember when you were younger? And like you couldn't wait to be a grown up so you can do things you want to do and make your own rules and all that good stuff. But making your own rules and having your own car because now you can get to go where you want to, it, it comes with strings attached. So if your car battery dies and you happen to be a couple of hours away from your parents, guess who has to take care of that? That's you. And so that comes with the deal, Ben. Uh, are you admitting to us that you're a little weak without admitting to us that you're a little weak, saying that the uh, battery? was really tough to get out of the truck. It was really, really heavy. Uh, no, because the battery is is that heavy. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's what I lift at the arm farm uh, twice a week. Uh, oh, so it, it was a oh. it, it, it it was a, a nice little <laughs> little workout. Now, where where I am willing to admit that I am an incompetent idiot 
is in trying to unscrew the thing and, and get it out of the car that that is oh, yeah. that is not my forte I, I am not well versed in the car sphere uh, like a seth stokes or i'm, I'm sure many people listening uh so uh, th- there's nothing more humbling uh jason swain than having to uh, call your father-in-law and, and ask him how to to do something and, and no, I don't. I don't mean that in a bad way. I have a great relationship with my father-in-law, and, and he has been very, very helpful uh, around my house, uh, which is my new house, uh, my first house that I've ever owned. My wife and I. So uh, he's he's been very, very, very thankful. But we're all men. We're all stubborn. We all have egos. We, we want to figure it out on our own. So calling him and and asking him how in the world do I get this thing undone? Because it wasn't just a basic screw and just take a wrench to it. It's like you had to finagle it and, and stick a flathead screwdriver in the middle of it and, and lift off while you twisted with the other hand. It, it was a concoction that I had to undo. Uh, so so that was not fun. My my parents are actually currently in Finland uh, visiting Olivier Kumwa. No, I'm kidding on the Olivier Kumwa part. Uh, my grandparents hosted a foreign exchange student back when my dad was in high school. Uh, and that foreign exchange student uh, was from Finland and uh, still lives there, obviously. So my parents are, are visiting him in Finland. So uh, I called my father-in-law and said, how do I do this? And and there, there's nothing more humbling uh, than, than than having to call the, the father-in-law with, with the tail tucked between gotcha. your legs. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Ben, we can escape for an hour and a half all the home stuff that's going on that uh really makes it a little bit challenging to be the grown-up tennessee yesterday scrimmage number two josh heupel when talking to the media after the scrimmage if you listen closely there's some things you gotta clean up there's some things that it feels good about i think joe milton looks sharp i think that's probably the number one thing people want to know is is how does joe look he looks sharp he looks like he's ready to go. It's really not about Joe entirely for this team to be successful. I think Joe's going to be successful if he gets protection. If he gets protection, I think he's going to be is is going to be fine. If the protection is shaky, then there's going to be some things that this staff will have to do to offset that uh, by running an even faster tempo, um, getting the ball out quicker. There are ways to to offset not having the offensive line protection that you would want. I remember this time last year, Ben, we were going into the season, and the offensive line was the biggest question. Well, here we are again, and the offensive line and and the the secondary is going to be the biggest questions. And like last year, the questions that we had going into the season were answered. I don't think we had huge questions about the secondary last year. We wound up seeing the secondary struggle mainly because of the injuries. I mean, the secondary was decimated with um, injuries, especially at the corner position. But guard, left guard is the number one question right now um, for for Tennessee with Cooper Mays uh, missing some time and moving Ollie Lane to center and now trying to figure out who's going to play left guard, who's going to play it well to give Joe Milton the time and the protection he needs to be successful. Another day, Ben, where your top four wide receivers did not 
did not participate fully in, in the scrimmage. And we talked about this on, on Tuesday. The juice is just not worth the squeeze. For Texas A&M, they lost their number one tight end because he tore his ACL in their first scrimmage. It's just not worth the squeeze to put you guys out there and risk them getting hurt in certain positions. Jacob Warren didn't go because if Jacob Warren gets hurt, holy, holy smokes. Holy smokes. You are in a tough position with a transfer tight end and a freshman tight end. And then if you have to go four wides, that put even more pressure on your offensive line. So it's just not worth it for Jacob Warren, who's been here uh, five, six years anyway. So he doesn't really need the work that much anyways. The transfer, Castles needs it. Ethan Davis needs it. But your overall thoughts, been on what you heard from scrimmage and uh, whether it's from you know, people here and there from plays that were made or, or from Josh Heupel's comments after the scrimmage. Yeah, it seemed like the the team is progressing in the sense that that it needs to. Uh, that that was kind of my biggest takeaway uh, is that there seemed to be growth on both sides of the ball from from scrimmage one to to scrimmage two. Uh, were they drastic steps? No, I I wouldn't consider them them drastic steps, but. Uh, it didn't seem to to be the same as scrimmage one, and it certainly was not a step back. Uh, I, I wanted to hear that the offense at least took a small step forward, and it seems like the offense did take at least a, a small step forward. Uh, Josh Heupel came out and said that the offense was rocking and rolling early on, and those receivers didn't play a ton, but they were all back at least at the beginning of the scrimmage and, and did participate. Like you mentioned, Jacob Warren did not give it a go. Um, and frankly, the the tight end room, it, it has three guys right now. Uh, so like you mentioned and discussed, I like no need to to push it and, and risk it with Jacob Warren, especially when uh, you, you're going to be relying on McAllen Castles and Ethan Davis, and, and they, they need those reps, just like you said. Uh, but when those receivers were in early on, there were plays made. Uh, Ramel Keaton catches a touchdown from Joe Milton. Um, and the, I mean, when, when Joe is getting protected, he looks pretty good. Uh, the, the big question mark right now is, is that offensive line and, and, uh, it's still probably not where it needs to be, but it, it seems like it's fair to say that they took a, at least a, a small step forward or, or at least the arrow is pointed upwards. There's some big concerns there still. Uh, the interior of the line, especially without Cooper, I, I think is a, a huge concern. And and mostly that left guard spot, because you know what you're going to get with Javante Spragans over there at, at right guard. But uh, it, it sounds like it was a very, very productive day. Uh, I mentioned that the offense was rocking and rolling early, uh, and then the defense picked it up midway through, according to Josh Heupel, and, and made quite a bit of plays. And that's what you want to hear about a scrimmage, right? You you, you don't want to you don't want to hear that one side of the ball dominated. That that's when you can, that's when you can freak out about a position or a unit not being where it needs to be. Is is when they're just being dominated constantly, and that did not seem to be the case. You you want to have each unit win their fair share of battles, and and 
I, I think it's safe to say that the defense probably had the leg up yesterday uh, when you factor in that they picked it up midway through and, and probably won the second half of the scrimmage. And then also Josh Heupel talked about they had an overtime period of sorts, and, and he said that the defense looked really, really good uh, during that portion. So uh, each unit had their fair share, even if the defense probably won the day overall. Uh, but my biggest takeaway, well, we can get into some more individual stuff, Swain, but I just wanted the arrow to be pointed upwards with that offensive line. And, and again, still quite a bit of concern, still a ways to go, but it it did seem like yesterday they took a, a nice step in the right direction. T. Lander had a really good play at the end. For the, for the defense, um, you know, he's a linebacker and made an unbelievable athletic play, uh, getting up, showing the vertical jump, and picking off picking off Nico. Um, that doesn't mean, oh, my God, Nico threw an interception. Let's freak out. It means that T. Lander made a great play and is a linebacker that has a really, really bright future. Um, I mean, you're going you're gonna to lose reps. You're going to make mistakes. You want to make them in practice. When you're playing against each other, there's the seesaw effect. There's yin and yang. One side makes a play. You got to correct the other side for, you know, I guess making the mistake. That's just kind of part of it uh, when you're scrimmaging against each other. But yesterday was productive. Offense bounced back. I thought the first scrimmage offensive line kind of got dominated by the defensive line. Uh, They came back and. It was a whole whole lot better um, on, on yesterday, and it was a man. It was a it was a good day to have a good day um, if you, if you are the offense. Now it's about fine tuning everything. Now it's about cleaning up uh, your your different phases uh, of your football team, special teams, offense, defense. Uh, they're working on some short yardage stuff versus the defense and, you know, got to the point where at the end of the practice, I mean, they were going thud because you want to protect guys. So thud simply means you're going full speed, point of contact, but you're not bringing guys to the ground. You want to stay off the ground. That is the number one goal. Stay off the ground because you don't want guys getting hurt. So uh, thud, you, you, you go and you hit, but you don't take guys to the ground. Uh, you get into a tackling position and you do exactly what it's called. You thud. You hit, but you don't take guys uh, to the, to the ground, and so that lets you know the importance of this team trying to stay as healthy as they can, uh, because depth is still not where it needs to be. And even if depth was still good, there's a there's a place for thud. Like you can go full speed and get some quality reps without hitting each other and hurting each other. Uh, we'll take our first break uh, of the day. We'll go to the Betty Chevrolet text box. And when we come back, uh, we got to talk recruiting. Jordan Ross, five-star, top 25 player in the country from Best Debbie Hills uh, in Alabama, Birmingham area. Making an announcement here in a couple days. So we'll discuss Jordan Ross when we come back as well as get to the text box. You're listening. You're watching the Swain Event. Here, Swain Event Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. We'll be right back.
The Swain Event is brought to you by Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant, Dead End Barbecue. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey, Vol Nation. This is Charlie Pratt, financial representative with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. Modern Woodman has been touching lives and securing futures for 140 years. Being born and raised here in East Tennessee, I'm honored to help East Tennesseans in all phases of life with retirement planning, investments, and life insurance. A big win on Saturday starts with preparation early in the week. A secure financial future starts with planning today. Contact my office today at 865-919-6468 to review your financial plan and make sure you are on track for success. As always, go Vols. Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Guys, let me talk to you here. If you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low-T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low-T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near Low-T Center or you just want the convenience of an at-home treatment, Low-T Center makes it easy shipping your treatments directly to you with the peace of mind of monitored treatment. Go to LowTCenter.com to book your appointment online. Low-T Center, reinventing men's health care. Jimmy Key, Go Falls 247. I'm Jason Swain, live here in the Low T Center Studios. 17th day of August, 821, on a beautiful Thursday. All right, let's check out the Baby Chevrolet text box this morning. From Raleigh Ball, how do you how do we feel about Thornton still being that dude? Yeah, no reason to believe that he won't be a good player. Like that dude? I don't know about that dude. Greg McElroy, ESPN, believes that Thornton's going to be his breakout player. But when I think about that dude, I think about what Tillman was in 2021. I think about what Hyatt was in 2022. I don't know. I don't know about being that dude compared to those performances in that year. Ben, are you are you willing to say that Thornton's going to have a Tillman type of year in 2021? And a, I won't say a hot year because that was just insane, but 
know, a year where he's getting close to a thousand yards in a season, or maybe even over. Uh, that, that's such a, a tough question to answer because it, it makes you feel uncomfortable. I it mean, is you, you just kind of paused in, <laughs> in in your voice. Um, I, I think Dante Thornton is as talented as Jalen Hyatt, as Cedric Tillman. I, I think that's one way to 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 look at a possible answer to that question is is that I I not that they're the same football players, not that they're the same receivers, but they are equally talented i think uh just in terms of of god-given ability and uh potential as receivers uh and i think dante is in a a better place than than maybe jalen was early in his career uh before he proved himself now i don't want to say that dante's in a better spot than jalen coming into the season because jalen was in a, a great spot coming into his bolitnikoff season probably back in the spring is is really when it clicked for him. Uh, so I, I don't want to compare them in that sense. But uh, to, to answer your question, I, I do not think that Dante will replicate Tillman and Hyatt's season, but not because of him failing to, to do so. I, I just I think there's more depth at, at receiver uh, in terms of, top of the line guys like I, I think that all four of those guys brew squirrel keaton dante if if all four stay healthy then i i think they're all gonna take away statistics from one another i, I don't see a a 1000 yard receiver because there are four of them I, I think each of the four are are more than capable of being a 1000 yard receiver uh and, and i would not at all be surprised if if either of the four ends up having a thousand yards I think it would take somebody getting hurt for them to reach that number uh, but that's why I say that I, I don't see Dante doing what said did or or doing what Hyatt did uh, because I think they have more reliable bodies at receiver and I, I think that they're gonna steal catches from one another and and still receiving yards and, and still receiving touchdowns so I, I think Dante and, and really everybody in the room is as talented as those other two. I just don't know that their their stat line at the end of the season is is going to look the same just because I think they're going to be stealing from one another. Yeah, like what these guys did last year was 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 insane. So I think we need to um, understand that. I don't think anyone is sitting here trying to say that Thornton is going to do what Tillman did in twenty one and Hyatt did in twenty two because the, the question was do we still feel good about Thornton being that dude? When I think about that dude, I think about number one receiver on this squad and, you know, going for over a thousand yards uh, like those two guys did in 21 and 22. And I just don't know. I think you're right. I think you have a, a stronger collection of, of four a group this year than Hypo's first two, two seasons. And so. You, you know so, what I, huh? I think about, I I compare what I think Dante is going to do, and I don't know that people are going to like this comparison, but I, I hope they understand where I'm coming from. I, I don't see Dante replicating said or Hyatt, and I just outlined why. He reminds me of a better version of Javante Payton. Uh, Javante, in, in that first year of Hypel, had, had kind of that one big splash play a game and, and then kind of disappeared. 
I think Dante is going to have like an explosive play a game. Now, I don't think he's going to completely disappear like Javante Payton did uh, after that one big play. I think that Tennessee will absolutely get more production out of Dante, uh, but he, he seems more of a home run hitter maybe once or twice a game than a than a Cedric Tillman who is is going to be kind of doing the the dirty work and in in the nitty gritty of of doing multiple things uh within the offense and, and catching those dig routes and and whatnot you can get into that better than I can but I I don't I don't see Dante being somebody that they throw to 10 12 14 times a, a game he, he to me he he just seems like a, a big play happening per game type of receiver but again I do want to emphasize I do think that they will get more production out of Dante than they got out of Javante outside of the one big play it was kind of a running joke midway through the season like oh there's there's Javante Payton's big play in the first quarter well we'll see him next week um but I I think Dante won't disappear in in the sense that Javante did at times but that's kind of who he reminds me of 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 that guy that's going to have that one big catch one explosive play per game. Ooh boy! If I'm if I'm Dante Thornton, man, I'm I'm fighting you on site. Hey, well, again, I, like I don't <laughs> I want to fight mean, Ben McKee, I, but I like I also don't I don't think that's disrespectful. No, in, it's in not disrespectful. Sense. But like, I mean, that earned Javante Payton a, a shot in training camp, and, and Javante Payton's not near the receiver that Dante Thornton is. Like I, I think Dante is so much more capable of of more, but just I think that's his play style. Like I, I don't. Maybe you can no, explain the, it. The, the reason why I say that is because, like, Javante had, like, 18 catches. Yes, I understand. And, and, you know, 18 catches for 413 yards, six touchdowns. And, like, when you say you see Dante Thornton, you know, have, having that, you know, that one big play, that's not disrespectful because we saw, you know, Ramel Keaton have one big play. You know, we saw Hyatt uh, outside the Alabama game, like, he had games where he had just one big play. Uh, but what about the other plays? You know, the 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 15-yard comeback and the, the dig and the and the uh screen pass that went for 10 yards. It's all the other stuff that I think Dante Thornton is going to do. So I think he's gonna be in between Tillman and 21 and in between um Peyton and 21 because I think Dante Thornton, like they've said. They're going to use him on the inside and, and the outside. Uh, I do think with him being in his first season, um, I don't expect him to go out there and just get all the targets. Um, but you just never know the game plan, the matchup, who we're playing against. Uh, but that's that's the answer, Raleigh Vol's question. Um, let's get to the phones, 865-255-03. Uh, good morning. Who do we have with us? What's going on, man? What's up? What's up, man? Who do we got with us this morning? Man, this is Jason, man. You said Jason? Yeah. What's up, Jason? Good morning, man. Great name. I got a question for y'all. When y'all came back on working in the morning? Man, uh, May 9th. We Thursdays, Tuesdays and Thursdays from uh, 8 to 9.30. Because y'all was on Thursday afternoons. You know what I'm saying on the pod, and um, I was like, man, I like listening to them in the morning. So y'all wasn't doing mornings for a while, and I ain't know why. So then I jump on Facebook, 
And I see you. I said, oh, Lord, let me call and check on my boys, man. What's going on, Ben? Yes, sir. Yeah, we, we, we here, man. We here. We made it happen. Uh, May started in May and um, been been rocking ever since, man. So um, I know it was a change with us doing the show every day in the mornings. Then we stopped when I went to the Sports Animal. Then we did just Thursday evenings. Um, but that just that was difficult. That wasn't that wasn't gonna work. And uh, we're we're comfortable in the mornings. And so uh, we're back in the mornings, man. So this is where we'll be uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then I seen then I seen Ben on two four seven. Um, so what's up with that? <laughs> Wait, where you been, man? <laughs> yeah, that that's a little old dude right there. Jason, where you been, man? You been you been living in the no, cage? I'm not, no, I'm saying I've been, I've been listening to you and Josh in the afternoon. I've been listening to to Ben on two four seven. I mean, but I didn't know y'all were back working together until literally today when y'all came on my Facebook. I was like, let me call these guys. <laughs> now we've been, we've been we've been working together ever since um you know we started doing the Swain event full time. It just we did the show once per week on Thursday evenings. And then, you know, May 9th, we we started doing uh, the mornings again, doing twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Well, all y'all did was just make my mornings a little bit better. So I'm calling to thank y'all. Well, appreciate you, my friend. You made our morning better for the love. Appreciate you listening. Yeah, man. And, and Ben, break down the defense. You know, I depend on you for that. No? Well, I, I don't know if you want to depend on me to break down defensive football. I, I prefer touchdowns like, like Swain does, but. They're they're coming along. I I really like where the front seven is at. I, I think uh, they're going to be, I think they're going to be really really good up front. We'll, we'll see if the secondary can take a step forward this season. I think that they will, but I do have a, a little hesitation in, in saying that. Okay, and I'm and I'm an hour behind y'all. Like I said, we hadn't talked in a minute. Me and my whole family uprooted and moved to Huntsville, Alabama. So I'm an hour behind y'all. But like I said, while I'm down here doing my thing, I'm gonna be listening, man. And um, if y'all can give me a breakdown on that sports hernia, whatever Cooper Mays got, and um, when he'll be back, that would be good to go. Man, right. I love y'all guys, man. Hey, thank you. When I saw y'all come on Facebook, I said, "Oh my God, let me call these fellas." Oh man, that's love right there. I appreciate it, Jason. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Man, I was down in Huntsville. Uh... Last weekend? Was that last weekend or two weekends ago? I don't know. Two weekends ago. Uh, I was in Huntsville for the day and um, got myself on back to, to Knoxville. Took a day trip down there. Uh, growing. Beautiful down there. Like uh, crazy. Growing like crazy. Yeah, yeah real, real nice down there. Um, Cooper is more likely going to miss the first game, uh, looks like. And we'll see from there. Yeah, we'll see from there. Um, I'm no doctor. Apple didn't rule rule him out being back, but for the opener that is. But we'll we'll, we'll see if it happens. It's not worth it. Well, I think it is worth it for him to if, play in the first he, game. If he is healthy and not going to re-injure it, I think he should play because he is an offensive lineman who is going to at that point practically have gone the entire month of August without contact and i think it is a recipe for disaster to throw him in there against florida and in in a sense that be his first level of contact i don't i don't think that's a i think that's a, a plan of failure i i would not feel comfortable at all if if cooper's first real action of of getting physical is is against florida so you want to so you talk about if he's healthy you you 
you, you put him in in Virginia. Absolutely, 1,000%. Assuming that he's healthy and uh, not at risk of, of re-injuring it or, or anything along those lines. I mean, obviously, if, if he's not ready to play, don't play him. But What about like 80%? I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, to me, it's not about percentages. It's about whether you can re-injure it or, or, or risk further injury. That, that, that would be my question rather than percentages. I mean, I, I guess if it's 80, I mean, and, and he has, at this point, it's hard not to label Cooper Mays injury prone. So I guess if he is 80%, if you want to go off percentages, then no, I'm not going to play him because at, at 80%, he, he probably would get re-injured just, just basing that off of his injury history. I'm just saying if if they're comfortable with where he is at, then I, I think they need to be doing everything that they can to to play him against Virginia because I, I and I know he's a veteran. I know he's played quite a bit of football at this point, but even he is still a little wet behind the ears because of that injury history. Like he, he doesn't have a ton of games on his resume because of his injury history like he he doesn't and like like I have confidence in Cooper to come back and and play at a fairly high level I'm just saying for any offensive lineman or defensive lineman like coming back and and even a down Florida team like that being your your first taste of of contact in a sense I know it's not literally going to be his first taste of of contact but uh it it you never see guy or you rarely see guys go and miss the entire training camp and maybe miss a little time to start the season and, and get thrown into the action and, and not be, you know, not look themselves because they have not been going, uh, not been dealing with contact. Um, I mean, think back to when Trey Smith, I mean, even Trey Smith, the, the, the best of the best, Trey Smith, even he struggled at times early in that season because he was not able to really go through contact throughout fall camp. Cooper had a procedure done. Um, I'll be surprised if he's 100 percent by by Virginia. Um, but let's say let's say he was 95 percent, um, or or 100 percent. There's a game in between Virginia and Florida. That game is Austin P. And Virginia is going to be better than Austin P. But they're not going to be good at all. And so I just don't think it's worth it to play Cooper against against Virginia. And if you don't play against against Virginia, then it may not be worth it to play play him in Austin P. But if you want to at least get him some work and physically, hell, you'll be better off doing that in practice versus your own defensive lineman in a third period than you know in Austin P. Because really, it's the same work from the hips up you're just not falling down um in, in practice let's look at the first two scrimmages for Tennessee where so many guys were pulled out of full contact receivers and tight ends if we witnessed hypo putting those guys out in the first two scrimmages and being very cautious and very careful with those players, he has to be careful with Cooper Mays in his return. I'm looking at the marathon that is the SEC season. 
yes, you want to be ready to go up against Florida. I understand that 100%. But at the same time, you got A&M, Alabama, Georgia, Missouri, Kentucky. You got all these teams you got to play, and there's a lot of contact. And so it's about making sure that Cooper is good for the long haul. Of course, the Florida game is important because if he if he doesn't go, then it gets a little bit dicey. That increases Florida's chances to win. Uh, you know, I don't think Tennessee is going to lose to Florida, but still, like it makes it more interesting. I think making sure that Cooper is good for the long haul is is more important uh, than trying to have him out there versus Virginia or or Austin Peay. And he's a senior. Uh, this is his third year in this offense. I trust him to be to be good to go. And Cooper is intelligent, probably one of the smartest dudes on this team, and he's one of the toughest dudes on this team. So if there's anyone I trust to, to miss some time but then come back out and um, be able to knock the rust off really fast, it's Cooper Mays. I completely agree. I, I do not disagree with, with anything you just said. I, I just think that it would be wise if, if he can play against Virginia, play, because – if if things go the way that that they should, it's not like he's going to have to play all four quarters, anyways. Like yeah. you, you can kind of get him in and and get him out. I, again, I I just don't think it's a a recipe for success for for your first real dose of of contact to be against uh, Desmond Watson in the swamp at six five four hundred and forty pounds leaning on you when, when you've missed a, a, a almost all of camp and the the first two games if he has missed the first two games uh at that point because even like the guys that are being held out now like yes that they are being cautious with them but they're still going through contact at times they're not going the entire month without without feeling that contact without getting physical they're not Jalen Wright last fall camp when when they were hampered by a hamstring injury and didn't get hit once it's not that type of situation they're still they're still getting physical here and there while also being cautious and, and, and limited. So uh, I, I, I agree with you. I think Cooper is one. He, he's smart. He's savvy. He is very, very tough. Uh, it's, it's my favorite thing about Cooper, how tough he is. We've seen him numerous times out there clearly in pain and, and, and battling through. Uh, I, I just don't think for, for any offensive lineman or, or defensive lineman, it, it's uh, a recipe for success to to throw them out there in, in that type of situation for the first time, but hey, we'll we'll, we'll see how it how it plays out. Tennessee definitely yeah. needs him uh, for the the long run um, because they've got some stuff that they need to figure out along the interior of the offensive line, and and that's kind of the other thing too is like Cooper. I mean, I I mean Jackson Lamp or not ja- Jackson Lampley's been here for a couple of years, but Ollie Lane's been here longer than Cooper so I guess they have been on the practice field for several years together now uh, but building that cohesion along the offensive line in, in game-like situations I, I think is also important uh, of a reason to, to get Cooper back as well yeah I just, I'm not expecting him to play against Virginia uh, whether he is you know 100% or not and I if he is then that's a whole nother conversation I'm just not expecting him to play against Virginia um, I mean, having a procedure done on your hernia is, to me, not like a, an ankle sprain. I mean, they, you know, they're cutting on you. And so, you know, take that time, heal up, and uh, be ready to go, you know, when it, when it's time. You know, 
Cooper, as a sophomore in the first year of the system, held his own versus Jordan Davis, Georgia, 6'6", beast. Um, and I'm pretty sure now as a senior, he'll be okay um, versus Florida's defensive tackle once he once he comes back. Uh, 865-255-03. Let's get back to the phones. Good morning. Who do we have with us? Yo. What is up? What do you do, my guy? Shamel, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say. Uh, hey, man. Hey, man. Some, sometimes I can't recognize your voice. So, yeah. Just saying what's um, up that, don't mean I'm going to know who you are. But you lucky, Tremel. I know your voice. That's what's up. <laughs> what's uh, up, man? Good morning. Yeah. I felt that, Jason, man. I felt that. Man, I felt that for real. Uh, not you, the other Jason that just called in. Uh, about, you know what I'm saying, the love and all that, you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, I just talked myself agreeing with both of y'all on both of those statements. I'm just like, damn, y'all just put me on a, on a little roller coaster thinking about should he play or should he not? Because those are, those are really both great takes, man. Because, hey, I mean, don't expect Cooper Mays to play first game. Yeah. That wasn't the conversation I, we were having. I don't expect Cooper to play game one either. All I said was that Hypo did not rule it out publicly. That's all I said. Yeah. Right. The takes, the takes were, were, were pretty damn good. Like, you know what I'm saying? The fact that, you know what I'm saying, he should play if he's healthy against Virginia because playing, you know what I'm saying, against Florida. And then the fact that, you know, playing you like, you know, he'll, I mean, he held his own against Jordan Davis, you know what I'm saying, as a sophomore. So, I mean, I'm sure he's pretty pretty well-versed in being able to come back after an engine, not really uh, forgetting how to ride the bike. Uh, <clears throat> but we're forgetting about the Austin P game. I mean, I understand if if Florida was number is yeah. a, if the sec, if like Florida was the second game of the season, then okay. Yeah. But there's an Austin P game, and guys, yeah. Virginia is not good, and Austin P is right. not going to be good. So you're going right. to beat so like, both teams down, yeah. anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I said I, I call myself green with both of y'all. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? yeah. I really, I really don't want him coming back against Florida, but at the same time, you know what I'm saying? He he is him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I feel like he's him. You know what I'm saying? As, as far as uh, coming out there and being able to be that dog. I mean, these boys be out cold hunting and, you know what I'm saying, getting with it. And we know he's tough, so that ain't really a uh, – I don't think we've ever questioned the maze's toughness. Them boys, mad tough. You know what I'm saying? So, really tough. Uh, I, think, I think he'll be there be able to come back and be all right. You know what I'm saying? And then um, Glenn Ellerby been doing this thing, right? I mean, those guys are – I think they're developing. we just been having guys that have been there for so long you in think? front of some of those guys, right? You, you know what I'm saying? I mean – You think they've been developed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What? True. Jermaine, what? No, 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 that's what I'm saying. I'm, no, I'm saying that there's been guys in front of the guys that, you know, like the – we got a couple of, you know, uh, juniors, uh, five, fifth-year juniors, seniors that ain't really touched the field. You know what I'm saying? Because oh, okay. You had guys last year, you know what I'm saying? You had your Jerome Carvins and your, you know what I'm saying? The, uh, <clears throat> uh, you, you know, first round picks and stuff like that, guys in front of them, you know, uh, that that are better. And I just think we probably got those guys situated to put some. Who who would be the backup? To Cooper? To Cooper. Yeah. Ollie Lane is moving to center and then you got to figure out left guard. And Ollie been there for about 12 years, ain't he? Feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> he's red shirt senior. Well, I hope he's that fella for something, man, because he's been there for a minute. So I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll be all right, man. Uh, I hope. And uh, I'm just excited uh, for the season, man. It's uh, it's gonna be crazy, man. 
it's gonna be crazy, man. It's, it's a lot of stuff happening on the hill, man. I'm just super excited about it. Uh, I'll probably, I'm probably gonna be there the first game, and then we're gonna make a little, uh, little round trip for the South Carolina game. We're gonna go loud and for Friday night, like for my boys, you know, they playing. And then we're gonna turn around, go to the the game chicken game, get some game chicken, and then turn around and go uh to the Titans game and watch them Bengals. All right. All right. So, Hey, just make sure you come knock so you may have your headlights on, okay? I knew you, I knew you, bro. I was just, man, I ain't messing with you, man. I swear. Man, y'all, y'all take it easy, folks. All right, man. All right, Tremel. Every time Tremel calls, I get mad at Chattanooga traffic because he goes by Tremel from chat on the text box, and we know that Tremel from Chattanooga, the last time I went to Huntsville, which was two weeks ago on Saturday, I was in traffic for an hour. And it, it, it makes me mad and angry every time I think about Chattanooga traffic. And I think about it every time Tremel calls or I see his name on the text box. Oh, man. 865-255-03. Nelson from Jackson says, Jason's been hanging out with Titans Bill. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Just behind on all the news. Hey Jason, man, it's all good. If you if you just on Facebook, and that's it, then I I understand. I, mean, I I get it. I mean, we we I think we put some updates on Facebook, but hey, uh, a lot of the updates go on go on Twitter, and you know if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, man, you're not gonna be left behind at, at all. Uh, Swiper, and then we'll we'll take a break and then come back. What are the chances we see Minty at left guard? if Crawford has locked up the right tackle position. Um, I don't know if we're going to see Mincy at guard. I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I don't know how much we're going to see a Mincy. All right, period. Which is unfortunate, but I don't think we see him at, at guard. Ben, agree, disagree? Uh, I do not think we see him at guard at all. I would be very, very surprised if we did. Um, if if he's playing, it's it's that right tackle spot. I I think Crawford probably is game one starter, but I also don't think it's it's locked up either. Yeah, that's going to be a battle all year, like it was a battle at left tackle um, between Crawford and, and Mincy. So, um, we'll we'll see what happens there, man. Mincy. He should he should be more in in the fold and um man that's that's on him man he got a he got he got too much talent to to not be more in the fold um on the offensive line eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three uh let's you know what let's let's slip in a phone call Ben is that cool let's slip in a phone call then we'll take a break all right good morning who do we have with us. Jason, it's Rusty. How are you, buddy? What's up, Rusty? Same old, same old, man. Just getting by. Gina's mad because I got up early to listen. And I woke her up for a second. But she goes right back off. Tell Gina she, man, she, she, she be man, all right. You guys. We got to catch up, yeah. Gina. You'll be okay. It's time to get up anyways. It's 5.50 uh, on the West Coast. Grown-ups get up at this time anyways. Right? Yeah. That's right. She needs to get up and cook breakfast. Exactly. Get in that kitchen, Gina. <laughs> I'm just joking. I miss you guys. Tons. 
Hey, uh, so am I wrong? The transfer from Miami, left tackle. Yep. Was there not another? Was there not another pretty big? Or not a big, but I'm saying, wasn't there another transfer that we got out of the portal this year yep. on the offensive line? Yeah. Um, I'm blanking on who it is. Andrew, yeah, Andrew Carrick from uh, Carrick. Carrick yeah, from Texas. It. Texas. Yeah. Is he is he making any any strides at any no. of the any positions? No. No. <laughs> he he ran. Uh, a, a little with the ones yesterday. I I just from from what I've heard, I, I don't feel comfortable with him being a, a starting lineman at this point. I I think there's quite a bit of growth that that he needs to to make happen over these next couple of weeks. But he's not totally out of the realm of possibilities. No, no. Okay. But it, it that that's also because Cooper's hurt and. Ollie Lane's moving over to to center. It's it's more by default than than him necessarily producing. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Is there uh is there anybody else that that just kind of feels like between Ellerby and the fact that we play so fast, if they if the guys mentally get it and they're somewhat able that that we'll be just fine on the offensive line every year going forward. We we do so many things differently, and we're and we. We execute such a high level that they'll be just fine. I, I just, I guess, I guess maybe I'm too optimistic. I don't know. No, you're not. I, I, you're not too optimistic. I mean, I think Hypo has proven in two years that he's going to do more with less. And I think when when someone shows you who they are, you got to believe them. You know, in a good way right. and in a bad way. And in this case, it's, it's been in a positive way. Yeah, I just think I guess our run scheme, the fact that we always have teams on their heels. We throw so many bubbles to, to, to widen the field. We do so many different things that it just slows down pass rushes. It doesn't have guys in the right run fit. I guess the time that I would worry about our offensive line more would be on when we end up in third and medium plus to where teams do have it. And, and we don't go we don't go as fast. When we're not going as fast, I guess that's when the line would worry me more. But I just I, I believe in these guys. Well, remember, Russ, remember, remember in 2021, that was a big, big weakness. I mean, that was probably the the worst thing about our offense in twenty one was our ability to pick up short yardage, um, yeah. you know, uh, be successful in short yard situations. And that was a point yeah. of emphasis going into two thousand twenty two. And we were better. We were significantly better. And probably was a big reason why we were able to beat Alabama because we got down to the goal line and was able to score touchdowns rather than kicking field goals because we pushed the pile. We put Princeton fan. Uh, as a ball carrier, he got to the end zone. We had Jabari Small get into the end zone. We pushed a line of scrimmage against the Alabama game uh, in short yardage situations, and I think that was a big reason why we were able to win. Of course, all the big plays from Jalen Hyatt, that's going to stand out, but, man, we, we picked up some short yardage um, plays, uh, you know, in some really crucial situations. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the fan play comes to mind, like you said, we, I think we scored from the one on the first drive. I think I, I think Small scored in that ball game. You're right. We really did make leaps and bounds at, at our short yards. It, it was in your I forget, I forget how bad it was in 21 where we couldn't pick up short yards. It was a problem. It was weird. Yeah. It was weird. Um, I don't really have much else um, except wake up, Rusty. The one question I would ask is who is the starting running back uh, 
when we take the field in Nashville. Jalen Wright. It's Jalen? Yeah. I thought I thought that was the answer, yeah, but yeah. I just wanted to. Yeah, he balling. Yeah. <laughs> he, I, that's what I want to do. He's if, if he's if, if, if he's won the job, he then that's that's great news. Yeah, that's he great, great news. He balling. Um gonna be hey, I'm gonna be in town the twenty fourth through the thirtieth, gonna be at South Carolina game. We gotta do dead end. Let's do it. We gotta get together. we gotta get together. Let's do it. We gotta get I'll on Ben's schedule, man. You know how busy Ben is. So we'll we'll that make kid, it happen. That kid is working too hard. And I, I know uh, Swain's not talking over there. <laughs> 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 we gotta get on Ben's schedule, man. We gotta make an appointment. All right. Hey Russell, right. man. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for the phone call. Miss y'all. Tell everybody I said hey. Hey, man. Appreciate you, Rusty. All right, see you. Make sure we can get on Ben's schedule, man. Woo! I don't know what you're talking about. It's, it's your world. We're all living in it. Yeah, whatever. What you got? The the nation sideline duties. Eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three. It's sure time to take a too. break, a much needed break, and we will do that and come back. Go right back to the Chevrolet text box when we come back. Stick around. Listen to the Swain event. You about that in Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain event app. What's up, fellas? It's Swain. When it comes to health, there are numbers every man needs to know, including your testosterone number. I recommend going to Low T Center. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and with their on-site lab, you'll know your results in 25 minutes. Low testosterone levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, can cause lack of motivation and drive. It can raise your cholesterol, cause weight gain, and loss of muscle mass. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men. Healthcare. It is so good to be here with Charlie Pratt with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. And Charlie, you have a passion for helping and working with East Tennesseans. Well, why is that? Man, I was born and raised here in Knoxville. Uh, my family's owned a business here since the 1920s. I played football at Central High School and Maryville College. I'm just really proud to work in East Tennessee. What are you the most proud of? We do a really good job of meeting people where they're at on their financial journey. I've got clients uh, that are just now starting out. I've got clients that are in the middle of saving and doing a great job. And I've got clients who have worked really hard their whole lives and it's time for them to enjoy their retirement. It's my job to make sure their money lasts as long as they do in retirement and they're able to leave a legacy for their family. So with that being said, what are the next steps? Let's sit down and take a look at your financial plan. Give me a call 865-919-6468. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865 865- or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. We got your favorite caller, Ben McKee. Your favorite caller. Your favorite caller, favorite caller, Ben McKee. You want to guess who it is right quick? You want to guess? 
Well, if it's my favorite caller's favorite caller, then it should be Neelan Mafia. Definitely Close. not Dr. Vol or Volstorm. Uh, I'm sure that's who's on the line. It's but Volstorm. That, yeah, but everybody's yeah. favorite caller is is Neil and Mafia. Let's let's get that fact straight. Oh yeah, that's facts. That's yeah, facts. Fact. Now I find it funny that uh, Wayne says he's depending on the schedule of a stay at home dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ain't nothing wrong being stay at home. Wayne's dad. just as much stay at home as I am. <laughs> In some cases, yeah, love it too, man. <laughs> you love should try it. It's it's real nice. Yeah. No, I do too. I like it when I'm down on the road. I can just chill at home and be a stay-at-home dad. Love it, man. Oh, it's it's like t- today is a, an off day in fall camp, and the child is at daycare, the wife is at work, and Ben's Ben's here with the dog. So it, it is nice and quiet. I love it. Hey, man, I bust those sons, baby. I got dinner, baby. You go make us that money. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. I got it. You go out to work, baby. I'll make sure dinner's ready. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, guys, are we really worried about the toughest SOB on the team coming back for and you know, not having any playing experience until he gets to Florida? No, I'm just I'm more worried about him being 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 healthy than when he comes back. I mean, like I'm not worried about him his first game being Florida. Uh I just want either. him to be hundred percent if he when he does come back. That's all I care about. Yeah, I you know, it's not just what a lot of people don't think about is it's not just that your body is right. It's that your mind's right. You know, cause when you, you got a little bit of nagging injury, that's all you're thinking about. And it's like, Oh, I missed that call. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that guy coming. You know, the little things. Yeah. Like I, I don't think Ben's entirely wrong. Like it's important to get those reps oh, in before playing Florida. But I just think, it's it's more valuable. It's more important to have him for Florida versus A and M versus Georgia versus Alabama, Kentucky, Missouri. Yeah, like, like those game are, games are more important than having him um, ready for contact because he played against Virginia or or Austin P. I don't care if his first game is Florida because I trust Cooper Mays. Yeah. Yeah, uh, of of all the people, you, you know, you've got your most important lineman there at center, but he's we've seen how tough he is. We know he knows the scheme, so my my worries are are not nearly as much as you know probably everybody else's. Yeah. I I just don't I I just don't see how you cannot be worried when we literally have recent proof of one of the greatest offensive linemen to ever play at Tennessee going through a a similar situation in terms not similar injury, similar situation in terms of, of not going through a ton of contact and him struggling upon his return. Yeah, so, so, like, I, I don't understand how you could could not be worried about Cooper's play when he does return. No, I, I think that's a good point. Like, so with Trey Smith, when he came back, yeah, he wasn't his same self. But that's because he was the best offensive lineman and the team in the offense stunk. And yeah. He was the only chance to win, whereas with Cooper maybe being a little rusty, if he's in there and he's winning 75% of his reps, Tennessee's winning against Florida. And then you're going to play after Florida against a team that you should beat, and then you let them them, rest up and heal up. And then when you play another SEC team, the next one, 
Now, Cooper is 100%, and he's going to play better because he's going to um, fix those mistakes he made against Florida. So, like, yeah, like, I, I don't expect him to be crisp and be the Cooper Mays he was last year uh, towards the meat of the schedule. But, again, like, was Cooper Mays being 75% from a um, grade grading scale on getting his blocks and responsibilities? Tennessee beats Florida. I just care about beating Florida. That's that's all I care about. And I well, think we can do well, that. I, I, I know there's a difference between, you know, being in shape for fall camp and being in game shape. I know there's a difference. But also, you can't really compare the the injuries. You can't compare the medical staff to the two. Well, I'm not. Yeah, I mean. I, All I I'm comparing saying. is that Trey Smith didn't go through much contact during fall camp, and his play <clears throat> suffered because of it. Uh, and, like, I, I am worried about Cooper coming back. And if his first game is Florida, like, I am worried about that uh, affecting his performance. And, and like, I, I'm kind of surprised that, it's been met differently, me pointing that out, because I, I think if, if you ask any O-line coach or D-line coach or any football coach who has been around the game for several years, I think they would tell you the, the same thing. I mean, I think back to the, the Butch Jones fall camp, I, I guess it was 17, in, in which they had like three full padded practices. And that football team looked awful because of them barely hitting each other all throughout fall practice. So, like, yes, all this stuff about Cooper is true. Like, I trust him. He's tough. If there's anyone that can shake off the rust, it's him. But it also, like, has nothing to do with him. It's just football. Like, you you rarely see guys, if at all, not go through contact for an extended period of time and come back and, and, and play well. Yeah, but bat. you just brought up Butch Jones, so your argument's invalid. Hey, guys, before I go, do you think Vanderbilt feels more at home playing at a basketball stadium this year? See you, boys! Golly, that stadium. <laughs> that I feel, stadium ba- I feel bad like for those trash players. right now, literally. What'd you say? I said that stadium looks like trash right now, literally. Yeah, I feel bad for those players. Man, I know we joke around um, about Vanderbilt, but I've always been serious about the players deserving um, more support with the football program because they work hard. And they put in the time same way that players around the league put in, and they got way more. Um, that's yeah, that's that's kind of sad. Like the the thing about Cooper again, like you're not entirely wrong, and I don't entirely disagree. But if I had to pick Cooper playing first game versus Florida versus Cooper playing not 100% versus Austin P or Virginia, I'm taking Cooper 100% versus, versus Florida just because it's just it's just not worth it. Like, it's not worth putting him out there if he's not 100% um, and risking losing him because then you're in the predicament that you're in right now, which <clears throat> is already concerning, but you feel like you can handle it because you got time. You got time. You you got two or three weeks to have Ollie Lane at center. Have a contingency plan with either Addison Nichols or uh, Carrick or whoever at left guard and figure that out 
and get through the Virginia game and get through the, the Austin P game. But if something goes wrong after week one, that prolongs Cooper's recovery time. And now we're talking about Cooper not being 100% right before you get into the meat uh, of the schedule and you're playing Florida and you're playing South Carolina in September. And, you, and then now you do have an off week the first week of October, but it's just it's just not worth it. The same way that we saw the four receivers out in both scrimmages. I've never seen that before. Like, I've never seen, from my time being here as a player in 03 to this point, I've never seen your top four receivers miss both scrimmages. Never seen it. But at the same time, I understand it. And if those guys feel comfortable with the timing that they have with Joe Milton and they feel good about um, our passing game, then I'm all for it. And that's an example of it just not being worth the squeeze. The juice is not worth the squeeze. Having them out there and them getting hurt, it's just not worth it. And I just think the same way with having Cooper out there less than 100% versus Virginia, where you're going to win without him anyways. And if you want some work, if you want to get him ready for some physical contact, let him go against Amari Thomas. <laughs> like, let him go against, uh, you know, Bryson Eason and 11 on 11 thud for a couple of days in practice because when it's controlled. Um, that's, that's where I feel more comfortable. Ideally, the best case scenario is him being healthy, but it, that's not where we are. So now you got to take the, the best decision or the best case out of the two options. In my opinion, the best case out of the two options is him to be 100% either by Austin P or by, by Florida. If he ain't 100% Virginia, man, don't let him out there. I 1,000% I agree, and I was never advocating for for, for not for, for a, a yeah. different situation. Yeah. I, I'm not saying at all, like, if he's not ready to play against Virginia, I'm not saying play yeah. him just for the sake of playing him and be ready healthy. for Florida. He's ready to go. Yes. I'm gotcha. just, but, see, it seems like the, the conversation has changed a little bit because a week ago it was, oh, Cooper's going to be ready by Virginia. And now a week later, there, there's some hesitancy from from multiple people about whether Cooper is uh, available for Virginia. So the the tone has changed o- over the last week or so of, about Cooper's uh, availability. If if he's not recovered by Virginia, then absolutely not. Do not play him. You don't want to risk further injury. You 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 just bite the bullet. If if Florida's when he's going to be a hundred percent, then absolutely you you wait until that point. I was speaking on the initial narrative and the initial tone of the conversation that he was likely going to be back by Virginia, which is what Josh Heupel alluded to when he first announced that he was having a procedure is that, that, that they're, that they think that he'll, he'll be back by Virginia. Um, and, and because in, in a perfect world, he is back yep. and you don't have to worry about his first action being against Florida. That's, that's been my only point. I'm not at all saying if he's, at risk of, of further injury, you you play him anyways, just so that's his first time, you know, r- really getting physical. Don't at all risk further injury because that that would be if if you if you played him sooner than he needs to play and he, and he does get further injured. I mean, that would be a, a recipe for disaster. You know, I I agree with you. I agree with you there, hundred percent. I mean, there's a conversation for you know if if Cooper is ready to go physically versus Virginia, and then there's another conversation 
if he's less than 100%. And I'm, I'm looking up Cedric Tillman's game participation from last year. Because, Ben, there was times last year when Cedric Tillman could have went, but he didn't. He didn't. For, for, for different reasons. The Missouri game, Tillman could have played. He played the week before versus Georgia. He warmed up. He looked good. I'm watching him the whole time. That's literally my job. Vault Network is a sideline reporter. So I'm watching him. I'm like, oh, he good. He, he, man, he looking good. He about, to, he about to go. And he does it. Well, later in the season, it was a little wet. Um, he had the tightrope surgery done to his ankle. At that point, as a program, which I absolutely love and agree with, you want to protect Tillman. Like you, you, you don't want Tillman to hurt himself to the point where he can't get himself drafted. That's terrible. You want Tillman making plays for the Browns because that makes you look good as a program. All this talk about Tennessee not uh, developing receivers, but all you see is high and Tillman making plays and 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 fall camp. Like that's what you want. So. Protecting Tillman versus a team you should beat, I loved it. But Tillman played the day bef- the, the week before versus Georgia and looked like he was 100% healthy from a you know, physical standpoint. Mentally, he wasn't all there because, again, he, was, he didn't have all the reps, and I'm sure he was thinking about that ankle, but he competed like he was healthy. But leading up to the Georgia game, Ben, there were some games he didn't play because – you were cautious and wanted him to be ready for the Georgia game. So he missed games when probably he could have went for two different reasons. One, because you were protecting him in NFL, and then the other ones because you were allowing him to heal even more and use him in a game that you, you're going to definitely need him in. The game before Georgia, you probably didn't really need him. But, the, but Georgia game, you needed him so that he played. So anyways, we need to move on. Jordan Ross. Um, I love you, Ben. I love having conversations like that with, with you, Ben, man. Well, and I want to make one last point, and it's not really Cooper. Come on, related. Ben, we're trying to move on. I, just real quick, I promise, right, real quick. Ahead. Like, like there, like I, I always get worried about guys who have missed a a good chunk of of training camp, if if not all of training camp. Like, I worry about their performance out of the gates, and and it's not just Cooper. Like, I'm also worried about how Squirrel White gets his season going, um, because he's been very, very limited. It, it seems. Uh, throughout this month to Marion McDonald. I'm worried about his start to the season because he's another guy that's that's barely gone through any practice all, all of this entire month, barely gone through any practice uh, the, this training camp. So it's just football is such a, a sport. You, you kind of got to, you know, be in the fire uh, to, to 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 really get going. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, hopefully those guys can can bounce back. And and the good news, at least with T-Mac and, and Cooper, they are veterans. They've played a ton of football, so it's it's not really the mental aspect. It's it's just the, the physical aspect. But those are two guys that you're really counting on. Uh, Cooper uh, up front along the offensive line, obviously, and, and then T-Mac is one of the the few members of the secondary that coming into preseason that, that you feel really good about. And so those two guys missing practically this entire month, like that, that – naturally makes me worried to, to see how they start their season off because again like Jalen Wright everybody was excited to watch him play last year he missed practically all of training camp and then he can't stop fumbling the football 
uh, once the season starts. So I uh, like I I don't see how anybody can't be concerned by how somebody starts off their season after they've missed practically the entire preseason. Uh, well, that, that that just makes me nervous as a, a sports fan in, in any sport, frankly. Yeah, because damn, I said was moving on. The reason why because you don't see more <laughs> concern is because it's not a threat to lose the game. Like you're still gonna you're still gonna win. Even if Cooper is 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 rusty, or even Jalen Wright being rusty last year, you still won the game. So, like, once it becomes a threat to your chances to win, then yeah, it's going to be a b- bigger deal. So, like, if Joe Milton was dealing with the injury and you played Florida first, yeah, the panic level is going to be higher because that that's a threat to you actually winning. When you know you can beat a team with with, with the guy not being hundred percent or a guy not being um, on top of his game, he's a little rusty. You're not going to get that much attention to it. All right, I'm moving on. Jordan, Jordan Ross, 2024 edge player, five star. Um, we finally got a, a commitment date and that is going to be on the, the 21st and the 21st is on Monday, um, Florida, Tennessee, Texas, Alabama. That's, that's what people are talking about. Um, There's a there's another team that I think is fighting and clawing to to, to get Jordan Ross's services. Um, that I think Tennessee will have to hold off. I think Tennessee's in a good place, uh, but I think that team is Auburn. And anytime you have a a player from Alabama, and I, for some reason I think I have a little bit of experience here, it's hard. It's hard to get out of that stage. They really want you. They're going to put that full court pressure on you. And Auburn is already behind uh, Alabama as it is. And remember, we we heard the reports when Auburn got rid of Harson about how Auburn is prepared to be big players in the NIL game. Like, prepared. And so Auburn is going to do some damage here in recruiting in the next couple of weeks because they might fly just overpay dudes because they're behind and they can. Um, but I think Auburn is a team to watch because they're down the road. Um, but Tennessee, I think, is is has been the team to, to beat for, for Jordan Ross. But we'll see what happens. Um, 21st is when he's going to make his announcement. Um, but keep your eyes on Auburn. Yep, I've I've heard the the same exact thing. Auburn your has, has been. What's that? Your father-in-law's team. <laughs> yes, my my wife's family's team. Uh, they 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 do love them some some Auburn, which is better than the alternative, which is Alabama. I'd rather deal with with, with Auburn fans than than Alabama fans. At least we have a, a common enemy. Uh, that, that that we can get behind and, and don't play each other too frequently. Uh, the 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 better rivalry between the two has been in basketball with, with Bruce Pearl being down there uh, the last couple of years. But yeah, I, I've heard the same thing that you've had that that you've heard. Uh, and Jordan Ross's recruitment has been very very strange. It, it has been one of those uh, stereotypical dramatic recruitments that that people like to to talk about. I mean, it, it's been all over the place. All summer long, back in the spring, uh, Tennessee's been a constant player. Uh, now, 
I I am a little weary about Jordan Ross. He's in Alabama's backyard. Alabama hasn't really paid him much attention. Georgia hasn't really paid him a, a ton of attention. Now, I, I do think it's fair to point out that uh, Georgia and, and Alabama, from my understanding, they've both hit on the guys at the very top of their board. So so maybe that's why. Maybe it's not. Like, I, I think back to Squirrel White. Like, Alabama wanted Squirrel, but he was a little further down on their board. He was like, third or fourth on their board if i if i remember correctly maybe actually i think he was number two in the slot uh, of slot receivers that they were looking at and they got their number one guy and that's why they didn't really make more of an effort to to land squirrel so maybe it's like that situation where uh, jordan ross is a really really good football player and and, you know alabama and georgia both landed uh, their top guys i mean auburn's a good school too and like you said they're they're fighting and clawing to to land him so that makes me feel a little bit better he had two and a half sacks last year as a junior which is a a little weird for for somebody as high profile as he is but hey uh, Caleb Herring also had like two and a half sacks as I think as a senior this past season uh, of high school football his his last maybe his his junior year and that was because his coach had him dropping back in coverage a ton for whatever reason I, I don't know why you would do that when you have a guy like Caleb Herring on the field for you, but we'll see what happens. That that one's been a, a weird recruitment, and uh, we'll, we'll see if Auburn can pull it off. They, they've been pulling off a lot on the recruiting trail this this cycle. 865-255-03. When we come back, a little bit more on, on Jordan Ross, and then we'll keep it moving, um, and then we'll go to the Beatty Chevrolet text box to to wrap things up for, for today, and time has flown today. A big Red tag sale at Betty Chevrolet. Get your biggest savings on their largest inventory in years, up to $10,000 off. Visit my guys over there at Betty, BettyChevrolet.com. 865-255-03. I'm live here in the Low T Center. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Be right back. Hey there, Swain Event fam. If you're currently renting and just about priced out of your place, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897. You may be able to buy a home and have monthly payments less than your rent. And wouldn't you rather pay your own mortgage than someone else's? Hope to hear from you soon and go Vols. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, 
and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Freedom Motors is the local pre-owned car dealer who does more for you than any other dealer around. You want convenience? You can check out their entire line of vehicles online at freedommotorstn.com. And when you find what you like, they'll bring the vehicle right to your door. That's a dealer who cares about you and your time. Shop Freedom Motors today and let's get you in your new ride. What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865-312-5638. And remember, go Vols. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go, Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Cooper Bays better know that he is important, man. We spent a large chunk of the show talking about, about him, and he is important. Uh, I've said it on record different platforms that he's the most important player on, on his football team. Uh, Joe Milton doesn't get a chance to be Joe Milton without the ball. Uh, this offense that I think will operate at a faster tempo this year than last year, because I don't think the personnel is as good on the offensive line as it was last year. And last year, you didn't have to go as fast as you did uh, at points in 2021. Remember, uh, throughout the season, Tennessee and Ole Miss from week to week was the number one and, and fastest offense in the country. Well, Tennessee's offensive line, two pros on it, and you lost those guys. Uh, I think we'll have to go more high-paced tempo and rely on it more because of those missing pieces on, on the offensive line. But we've seen in two years, man, the concerns that we've had in, going into the season, those concerns – seem to be kind of wiped away. And um, that's because the staff has done a great job of managing those concerns and getting the best out of the players to go out there and, and win football games on Saturday. So um, will we know it's about all the concerns against Virginia? Probably not. Or Austin P. probably not. But soon after that, we will because uh, you're going to play some good teams in the SEC, start the season. 
I don't think Florida's going to be good, but they'll be fighting their butts off at the beginning for sure, especially if they lose to, to, to Utah. And that's going to be a do-or-die game um, for Bill Napier and his staff. And then you're going to play a UTSA team that's not your um, typical pay game. Uh, they're they're going to be better than, than Austin P. They're going to be better than Ball State or Akron and all those teams you played in the recent years. And then, man, South Carolina is, the, is at the end of September. And then, boom, you got the bye week, A&M, and then it gets real. Well, it gets real after the – it gets real at the end of the September with South Carolina. Um, so we're around the corner, man, from being in the thick of things. Rodney and Austell, why have teams backed off of Ross? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know that. I think Ben makes a really good point when mentioning Georgia and Alabama. Um, you're a good player. If you're a good player in Alabama, Alabama's going to want you. And it's not that – Jordan Ross is in Alabama. It's the fact that Jordan Ross is in freaking Birmingham, which is 45 minutes away from Tuscaloosa. So is it they see something that, that kind of steers them away or they hit on some other guys and they're they're good where they are? Uh, it is a question to, to ask, but I don't have those answers. And I also trust Rodney Garner. Pretty much. Brian Hunsucker says, stop giving long-winded Ask Ben one last point. You're going to be late for Josh and Swain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dude, we, we could do the show to freaking 3 p.m. today. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, we can go straight to 3 p.m. if we wanted to. Uh, Neil Mafia, your favorite caller's favorite caller, says it's 16 days until kickoff. I will pay y'all money to stop using the word nervous worried and unsure my god is it that bad no no ain't that bad but this team is zero zero and every year at this point there's concerns going into the season it was last year it was the year before and guess what there's gonna be some next year because nico's gonna be making his first start if everything goes right this year with joe milton and he's the guy. Like, Nico is going to be a concern next year as a redshirt freshman making his first start. That doesn't mean that you're that, that it's bad. It just means that you don't know what to expect. And it's a little normal to be a little nervous. Because you don't know. Uh, Coke Ball says, should, uh, should us fans temper our expectations with the recent injuries? Just disheartening. No, because the the significant injuries uh, in the last couple of days come uh, to the freshmen. I mean, the freshmen had some significant injuries. Um, I mean, that's those are not guys that we felt like need to play well for this team to be successful. I mean, they're guys that can contribute, but you know, not guys that their play is going to determine whether or not we beat Florida or beat Georgia, Alabama. Um, but you always hate it when a guy like Tyree Weathersby uh, has a chance to, to do something as a freshman and has garnered rave reviews from you know, his start and he's out for, for the year. Uh, and then, you know, you, you hate a guy 
that has opportunity to 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 help you know in, in the special teams game as as well um and Destin Bishop maybe be able to help and you know him being out for a significant amount of time right now too which he's not going to be out for the entire season but he's going to be out for a while until he gets he gets healthy uh the thing about Tyree Weathersby who is going to be out for the entire year this could be really a blessing in disguise for him because you sit out for for the year um it's a lower body injury and once he gets to the point where he's able to work out he's gonna be working out nothing but upper body and i remember when dante stallworth and he told me the story down in miami uh we were sitting in the lobby man sitting there talking for hours him and and mark jones dude it was it was awesome man because uh, i always looked up to dante but like dante because i asked him about that that early in his career, him redshirting. And him redshirting allowed him to get so strong with his upper body bend. He had the weight room record for wide receivers at bench press. And that was something that I know I tried to, like, reach and get. Because I came in benching 300 pounds. So I figured, okay, I can I can get to the – I can get to Dante Stallworth in four years. Didn't get to it. Dante Max bench was 420 pounds, man. 420 pounds. Dante didn't play his freshman year, and all he did was lift weights. So when Tyree Weathersby gets back, he's going to be a bull, man. He has a chance to be a flat-out bull. So when freshmen come in, they're always going to be behind because physically they haven't had the same development in the weight room as a junior or senior. But when he comes back as a freshman next year, he's going to be cock strong because a whole year of just rehabbing and lifting weights with his upper body. So watch out for him to start next year. Um, Hobbs, how's he been looking in practice? Haven't heard much of him. I've heard good things about Davion Hobbs. Let's see. C-Mac says, that's a lie. I'm everyone's favorite caller. C-Mac, you're lying to yourself. You didn't wake up this morning in Denver, Colorado to lie to yourself. You might need to go back to sleep, C-Mac. Neil Mafia is everyone's favorite caller. Everyone knows that. Nelson from Jackson is Mo Clipper. Cyretic pushing for any playing time. I figured one of them would factor in at guard. Uh, Nelson? We talked about guard today. We didn't mention Mo Clipper or Masai Reddick for a reason. They're not ready yet. Hopefully they'll be ready when their time comes. Hopefully. Um, let me let me say this before we wrap up today's show, Ben, and then I'll give you the floor to uh, cover anything that we that we miss. I think Joe Milton, with protection, is about to make himself a lot of money. I think he's going to have a special year. I, I think if Joe Milton is able to play like he played against Clemson, Joe Milton 
and it's going to be crazy. He's going to get drafted higher than Hendon. We know Hendon had the ACL and all that stuff. But Joe Milton is special. He's, he's, he's special dude. The leadership is there right now. His accuracy is there right now. His confidence is through the roof. If he plays a solid season like he played against Clemson, where, like, he had 250 yards, three touchdowns, um, no interceptions, 68% completion percentage. That's, like, that's that's solid and efficient. That's not throwing the ball for 300, 400 yards. That's, that's not – that's just being efficient, being smart with the ball. Josh Heupel brought up no interceptions since he's been here. So – I just I just want to put that on the record. Ben, anything we missed today? Uh, probably need to highlight Chaz Nimrod and, and Caleb Webb. Going back to yeah. your question on Tuesday or, or maybe last week, guys who have surprised me this fall camp, uh, they, they are further along than than I anticipated. I, I think those two guys are are making plays. Are they doing it at a consistent level? No. But they're getting closer to doing so. Caleb Webb had a nice touchdown uh, reception from Nico yesterday in the scrimmage. And uh, and the little stuff I see of Caleb Webb here and there in person and, and on social media, uh, he, he seems like he has the makings of, of being a, a, a big-time SEC receiver. So uh, I'm excited about those two guys' development. And then you, and, and then you pass this along to me that uh, Cam Selden was, was looking good in, in the scrimmage yesterday. As well, and you know he, he's obviously going to sit behind uh, Jalen Wright and and Jabari Small and, and Dylan Sampson. But a, as we mentioned earlier this week, I believe he's coming. He coming. Cam Selden is coming, and uh, if, if if there's some injuries to to the guys at the top of the room, I mean, I would have a level of confidence with, with Cam Selden being in there. Quite frankly, so uh the, the youngsters are, are looking really good i mean we we could talk for hours about this this freshman class and uh even on the linebackers you mentioned jeremiah Tlander had an interception earlier uh josh heupel really continues to speak highly of arian carter said that he's had a, a great training camp he's gonna play a lot of football uh david hobbs tyree weathersby uh, and, and obviously weathersby got hurt as as you just talked about and, and that's a bummer because he he obviously wasn't going to play a huge role but i think he was going to contribute here and there and uh sounds like he's having a, a pretty serious uh or had a a pretty serious hip surgery so hopefully he is is able to get back uh sooner rather than later as we do get into the off season and and look ahead to to next year but th- there's a lot to like about this freshman class and i think that should also give folks more confidence in the recruiting class coming up as well and and on down the road because this was a class that i think was top 12 I think th- I think they were around 12, 13. They're, they're top 15, and some people were upset that it wasn't top five, it wasn't top 10, and and all of a sudden it, it sure does feel like a top five or, or top 10 recruiting class based off of how they've been performing during spring and, and during fall camp. So uh, a lot of youngsters are, are standing out, and uh, that that's certainly a, a great sign of, of where the program is at and, and how healthy the program is. Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. Um, man, let's talk about – your home. Super important. If you need a home, if you want to sell your home, you're looking for an investment property, 
Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams, Realty. That's who you call. That's who you talk to. You've heard the spots here on, on our program. Uh, Jennifer has helped Ben uh, and his family purchase their next or their first home. And um, because of your great experience, Jennifer's going to be helping you with your next home. And um, she can do that for you, Jennifer Morris. Uh, if you're looking to upgrade your HVAC unit, uh, I suggest you do that with Hiller. I suggest you do that soon um, because they have some special deals going on right now that includes uh, multiple uh, Yeti products, uh, trailhead camping chairs. You get a set of those. Waterproof backpack, you get that. You get the Tundra 75 cooler and two Yeti tumblers for free uh, with Hiller. All those details are online at happyhiller.com. I'm not just saying it because I'm saying it. I'm saying it because I actually did it myself. Uh, upgraded my HVAC unit last year and um, love being able to kind of set a schedule for my temperature because the, 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 the temperatures outside have been going up and down. It's been nice and cool this week. Next week's going to be super hot. And so schedule those temperatures um, when you're not home, when you're all home. And I got that done with Hiller last year. So I use Hiller. They'll be coming over, adjusting everything and, and doing a service to um, my HVAC here in um, a couple of, well, actually a couple of days. So uh, I use Hiller. And hopefully if you have anything going on with your home, uh, heating, plumbing, cooling, electrical, you call Hiller as well. Oh, my goodness, man. It's 940. 940. Tuesday when we come back, oh, boy, we'll be talking about hopefully a, a Tennessee commitment and uh, Jordan Ross. If not, then, hey, next, there's some committed players out there that Tennessee still in with. It's a marathon. It is not a sprint. It felt like we sprinted day on the swing event. That is our time for today. It's always fun for my guy Ben McKee. Go ball 247. Same time on Tuesday, 8 a.m. Ben, say goodbye to the good people. Goodbye. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. <laughs> All right. Y'all have a good one. Sweet event. Fuel my dad and barbecue. Peace and love.